And now we get our weekly weather update with retired National Weather Medi- National Service Meteorologist Hugh Johnson. Welcome back, Hugh. Hello, Cena. How you doing? Great. I'm here with Victor. We're excited to talk to you. And, you know, anybody who's here in Troy noticed that it was extremely cold. You forecasted this last week, and you said it was mm-hmm. going to be our coldest week yet this winter. But was that a cold flash? How normal was it? And could you compare it to our history of cold episodes in winter? Absolutely. And very good questions. Yeah, we didn't get above freezing for a week. So that's a, a winter that's been so mild. That certainly grabs your attention. And we, we bomb out seven, three nights in a row, which is ooh, really cold. But, you know, and we were... Our monthly average is now only three degrees above normal, but you got to keep in mind, this is our new adjusted January averages, uh, up five, six degrees from what we had, say, uh, 20 years ago. If we took this same t- time period, I can t- show you, I can tell you so many much, so much colder spells when we had a similar synoptic setup. For instance, in 1984, we were 20 below zero. That was a record low for this date. 30 Fahrenheit? years ago. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we have, yeah, we, 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 you know, we used to have a lot of minus 20s. That was, in 1968, we had three nights in a row that were minus 20. I think in 1970, we had like five nights or six that were 20 below or, or more. But the last time we've hit 20 below, you won't believe this, has been 30 years ago in the harsh winter of 93, 94. We were 23 below, I want to say, on the 26th or 27th of January. There was a really cold spell right around the 20th. I remember in Scranton, we didn't get the zero. I think you guys did. And by the way, our last zero-degree high was 20 years ago in 2004. So this doesn't even hold a candle to what when we used to have really cold weather. And that's climate change. And that's, of course, the El Nino has tempered that, has added a little bit of, of warmth. But really, this is nothing compared. And before this, we really didn't have much cold weather. We had barely any days below freezing until this week. And, yeah, we got a little uh, break off of the polar vortex and, it was worse out west, like Minnesota and, and down to Texas. But it's cold, and it's going to moderate now, uh, that's for sure. But climate change is, is really showing its face, even with this kind of cold weather. It's just not as cold as it used to be. We, we, we No sign of getting to zero degrees. We may not even do that. I think we've only had a handful of winters, and we've never reached zero. And there's a chance we won't do it this year, although I wouldn't bet on it yet. Just clarification, you said because of El Nino, it made it, it tempered it a little bit. So if it was yeah. La Nina year, it could have been really a lot colder. Is that what you're saying? A bit, a bit colder, a okay. bit colder. But I think, you know, again, we got to consider what's really going on. The CO2 just keeps pouring in the atmosphere. We've reached over 420 parts per billion. We're still, that number is still going up. It's not going down. And we all know until it goes down, we're in trouble. That's all there is to it. <laughs> And what is what do you expect for the rest of winter? Well, what I expect is well, it looks like uh, well, we'll get into the short-term for- forecast, but we are going to see a pretty good warm-up this week. Albeit it will be ugly because it'll be in, 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 including with clouds and, and precipitation. And then it looks like it stays pretty mild uh, right through the beginning of February. But there is another stratospheric warming event, which basically means the stratosphere near the poles is warming. It, it weakens the, the westerlies, they reverse it to easterly, a more blocking the atmosphere, allows the polar vortex to weaken and perhaps sink south again. And I expect another shot of that in February that might be a little longer lasting than what we've seen in, in January. And if you look at the other El Nino winters, with the exception of one or two, 
that's exactly what happens in February. It actually turns cold. Our coldest month of, of the year during a, an El Nino is usually February, not January. So I think that will happen on cue this year. Now, we'll see. We still have a very active Pacific jet. If we can interact that with the Arctic air, we could still get some pretty darn big snowstorms. We missed out in this round. We got some snow, but a lot of it went south. D.C. actually has more snow on the ground right now than we do. Uh, because a jet stream was suppressed south and we didn't have a real phasing of the polar and subtropical jet stream. Maybe that will happen in February. But anyways, I do expect it to get colder and somewhat snowier into early March before it warms up again. Hugh, uh, I'm curious, how many people have you encountered who still believe our weather patterns are merely the natural progression of the planet that has occurred for millions of years? as opposed to realizing that it's global warming? More people than you, you would expect. I mean, I, don't, I can't give you a scientific, there are scientific analysis, but in my own family, in my own family, I got people who don't believe this, that climate change is, is all is done by CO2 emissions in my own family. And, you know, I, I know people in my circle on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, uh, emails that you, I still deny it's, it's you know, say people say everyone's on board. That is not true. There is a strong resistance, and we know it. We know what's going on out there. I'm not going to get political, but you can do the math. You can figure it out. And it's really a very divided situation, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say. So um, I'm concerned that we're never really going to see the changes we need. I mean, we've, got, we've, done, we've gone the right direction with this last administration, but I don't think far enough. And the pendulum may swing back again. Let's hope not. And, and how does a meteorologist detect which weather patterns, if there are any any longer, uh, are due to temporary shifts and as opposed to the planet systems off balance due to our negative influences? That's a very good question, and I'll try to answer that as quickly as I can. Well, you know, we have seen a little weird, a little more erratic behavior in the jet stream, the polar vortex. Um, and again, just as I was telling Tina a few moments ago, yeah, we're in a cold spell, and people, you know, I'm not crazy about, but when you compare this synoptic setup to, say, 20 or 30 years ago, we would have been a lot colder than this, I'm telling you. We would have been below zero with snow on the ground. It would have been, it would have been below zero. That would have been a slam dunk, and we're not getting that. So there, this is, to me, a real sign of change. Now, yeah, we're getting milder winters, and I'm okay with that, but there are a lot of concerns uh, I was um, having a lunch with a meteorologist today who says the pine cones, there's a pine cone uh, infestation because of the hot summer two years ago and, the, and then the wetness and all that, and, there, and there's more pine cones than anywhere around. Okay, that probably won't cause any real problems, but it's just all these ecosystems, all this stuff is getting, is getting really messed up. And I think we're going to see more and more of that as time goes on because the handwriting's on the wall. I mean, climate change is real, whether people believe it or not. There's a lot of people who don't, but we know it's real. We have about two minutes left. Uh, okay. What is a climate policy that you would like to see in our government that would make a, that real difference for you without spending too much time on it? Real quickly, I'd like to see fossil fuels cut in half by 2030, or we're, we're, we're game over, game over. And, and that's what the CO228 was theoretically doing, but whether that happens or not, we can't do it too quickly because it'll cause, it'll probably cause a recession, but we got to accelerate it. So we got to accelerate using less green, I mean, fossil fuels and more green gas emissions. 
Thanks, you, for joining us once again. We look forward to One talking. Moment. Well, let's get our forecast for the week ahead oh. before we let you go. <laughs> okay. All right, good and bad news. We warm up, and bad news is a lot of clouds, very little sun, and we're going to have bouts of precipitation, a little snow tomorrow, maybe an inch or two, maybe three in a few spots, a little icing. That's right, icing, freezing rain uh, by Wednesday morning. It shouldn't be a big deal, but it could be enough to cause slickness of driveways, you know, people falling on their butts, that kind of thing. Watch out for that. And then we get warmer and more rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We might touch 50 degrees by Friday, so this snow could be gone. And then we'll cool it off a little bit on the weekend. But we got another storm on Sunday that could bring either rain or snow. We just keep getting storm after storm, and that's part of the El Nino package. So we might get melted snow and then through the rain and then get some more snow. Is that what you just said? Rain or snow on sun- Sunday. Sunday's still too far. I mean, the thermal profile is very borderline. All right. So, you know, we just have to see how it goes. It doesn't look like it'll be a huge snowstorm, but it would, could be something, yes. Thank you so much, Hugh. We look forward to it. talking with you next week. Well, well, actually, next week I'm going to be in Hilton Head, but that's okay. That's right. I will probably talk to you in two ah. weeks. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Hugh. All right. Have a great night, everyone. You too. Thank you. You too.